With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Christian Talk with Eric Thompson. A thoughtful podcast helping Christians navigate life. A podcast for Christ. Covering faith, family, political issues, using God's word, the Bible. The victory is ours. Let our light shine before others so they may glorify our Father in heaven. Welcome to Christian Talk with Eric Thompson. All right, welcome to another Christian Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. It is Sunday, November 27th, 2022. Thanksgiving is over. Black Friday is over, and we're, we've done the turn heading toward Christmas. So thanks for listening in. This is our Through the Bible podcast, one chapter at a time. I call it my Coffee with Christians podcast because I typically have mine with me, and I do again my chocolate triple espresso drink. So if you have your coffee, then uh, let's join in. If not, uh, you can have your tea or whatever you want to use or just follow along in the Bible without a soda or a drink. But let's um, let's get started here. Every time our nation gets to this point in the calendar, we, as people that have been born from above, the true Christians, we can sense the fact that our nation especially has so commercialized Christianity in Christmas that you wouldn't even know what Christmas is all about. If you're you're an alien, which I don't believe in, but let's say there were aliens and one landed on our soil and they were just to watch the hustle and bustle of people in the month of December. And you would ask this little alien, which I don't believe in, what do you think Christmas is all about? Oh, it's about um, stress, debt, depression, fights, hoping that everything will go good on this December 25th day. You throw on top of that the apostate pseudo-church, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of false believers 
Like Matthew 7, 21 talks about that, say they, they do works in God's name and they're, they're you know, they're, they're believers. They're, they're, they do works for God, they think. And he says, I don't know who you are on the judgment day. So what happens is the, the, the average person is, that's a, that's a, confesses to be a Christian, they go to church, and then they're hoping to hear some words from the pulpit that will encourage them and give them some instruction, or in the, in the modern-day name and claim of churches that will tell them how they can get everything that they want in this life. And this is how twisted some of these people in these churches or quote-unquote Christian universities or colleges have become. If you've been listening to this podcast or if you've just been looking at the culture overall, then you know that this idea that people can be trans, they can be trans people, they can be transitioning from a boy to a girl or girl to a boy or man to a girl or it or whatever. And because this woke ideology is, has been accepted by people in churches, there is a story out on the ChristianPost.com. It says heresy. Worshippers leave Cambridge sermon in tears over the claim that Jesus had a trans body and that his crucifixion womb is actually a vagina. So try to get your head around that. This article starts, and I'll, I'll just cover it briefly. It was in the Telegraph also. Worshippers in a chapel at the University of Cambridge said they were left in tears after a research student claimed that Jesus' side wound, you know, the one where a spear pierced his side, the side wound in the Renaissance and medieval paintings of the crucifixion could be likened to a vagina suggesting Jesus could have been transgender. At an evening service at Trinity College Chapel, Joshua Heath, a junior research fellow, displayed three paintings of the crucifixion, including Jean Malou's 1400 work, Pieta and Henry Macchiani's 1990 work, Christ, the Telegraph reported Sunday. So he, he pulls up some, some paintings, and Heath, who's a Ph.D., was supervised by the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, said that during the service of Jesus' wound and blood flowing to his groin looks like a vagina. Well, I'll, cu I'll cut to the chase here on the end of it. The students, some were in tears because they're like, I don't belong to this church or in a church or what's, I don't know what's happening here. And when they complained to the dean of the Trinity College, Michael Banner, he called his views legitimate. 
unbelievable. But we'll cover some uh, scriptures here because we definitely have the falling away taking place that is going to precede the return of Jesus Christ. But before we get to the verses, I do like to go to the main verse to start, verses to start the podcast, which is Hebrews 4, 12, and 13. If you listen on a regular basis, then you know what those are. The reason why I like to go to these verses is because the Bible is and has been, it will always be the most attacked book written. It's ever been written. The Bible, which has clear language, is even... There's even an article that I didn't get a chance to read, but my wife sent it to me that I think it's over in the UK that one of their parliamentarians or one of their politicians wants to make it illegal to read the Bible out loud in public. And why is this? Why, why does the world... Why do most people in the world resist, scrutinize, or even want to abolish a book? Well, the reason why is in Hebrews 4, 12, and 13, the writer wrote for this, for the word of God, what we, we call the Bible, the 60 Six books written by 40 authors over a 1,500-year period on three different continents. That one, the one you have on your phone, in your house, in your car possibly. Some people have lots of them. Well, this word of God is alive and it's active. And I can tell you that this word of God has very, very tough, sharp, corrective, and judgmental rebukes for this doctorate student that is mocking, making a mockery in his own attempt to the world, trying to make Jesus sexually confused. But this word of God, it's alive and active. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The reason why we have to have our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we would make much of him, because we as the doulos, as the slaves of our Lord, do what he says because he loved us first and because he's worthy. So we have to humble ourselves. We have to take our, thought, our thoughts captive. And then we have to walk in step with the Holy Spirit in line with the words that God wrote 40 men wrote as they were inspired by God, the Holy Spirit. So there's no contradiction in the original writings. And this is crucial to have our faith in the right places because there is nothing in all creation hidden from God's sight. 
everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And what are some ways that you can, you and I can be in a position to where we're not going to be stumbled and we're not going to, to be held accountable for these? Because the people that you see that are zealously running around mocking Christians, Sam Harris, who left Twitter, he, he's kind of a famous atheist. He kind of monetized the whole idea of people rejecting the, the truths of God's word that, yes, does restrict our lives because God can do that as creator so that he would receive glory for righteous lives being lived out. So 1 John 2.15, John wrote to Christians, do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, that's the system. That's anything more than our love for our Father in heaven. If anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. So you do not want to love the world system, have your eyes focused on the world, because if you're, that, that shows that your heart is not in a place that, that confirms that you've been born from above and that you have made Jesus Lord. Verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. So do not love the world system. We have to constantly be renewing our minds, asking for forgiveness, forgiving people that have wronged us, seeking God through prayer and the word and walking in step with him and knowing that in all things he's working out for good according to his will for our lives. that in the end we would be glorified and then we would spend eternity with him. In the meantime, we are to make much of him to be lights in this fallen world and to be able to share the truth with people and love people for Jesus Christ so that people could see that and believe that he is real. So do not love the world. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 15, do not be unequally yoked or mismatched with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and lawlessness share together? Or what does light have in common with darkness? Or what does harmony with Christ have with the devil? Or what does a believer share with an unbeliever? We talk a lot about this, but this is really basic reality. This is a basic reality for living as a Christ follower in the 21st century. 
the world likes darkness. The father of this world is Lucifer, the devil, and the demons that fell with him. So they're the father of darkness. They're the father, and the, and Lucifer is the author of not the author because he can't create anything, but he is the he's the perfecter of the concept of this thing called lying. He's the father of lies. And his children do his bidding, which is most of the world. So you don't want to be in love with this world system, but you also don't want to be connected in business and relationships and things that you can prevent because there's no, there's, it, it would literally be like if you're trying to sneak up on somebody, you're in a cave and you can't see anything. So you have a light so you guys don't trip and hurt yourselves, but the person keeps turning your light off. You fall over the cliff. We don't want to. We don't want to be sucked down into this world system or pulled down by not being lights. So don't love the world and don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Those are crucial as we go through and march toward the end times as people are falling away. First Timothy 4 1 says, but the Holy Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. There's a lot of doctrines of demons coming out of Cambridge's school there, that chapel. Matthew 24 10, at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another, even father, mother, brother, sister, families will hate and turn each other in in the end times. Second Thessalonians 2, 3, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That's the return of Christ, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Hebrews 3.12, take care, brethren, that you do not, there are, that there not be any in any of you evil, an unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Jeremiah 9, 2.19, your own wickedness will correct you and your apostasies will reprove you Know therefore and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God and the dread of me is not in you, declares the Lord of hosts. And Second Peter 3.17, you therefore, beloved, know this beforehand. Be on guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. So as we're, as we're starting the month toward Christmas, we need to be lights. We need to be set apart. We need to walk in faith. And we need to not be connected with people, even if they claim to be Christ followers, if they are wolves and apostates, like there's a, 
is a reverend Warnock who's running for the Senate in Georgia that is a wolf. As a a legislator, he voted for abortion up to birth. He said that people with certain skin colors should repent of their color even though they had done nothing to be condemned on. And it goes on and on. We need to have our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author of our faith, the finisher and author of our faith, and not on man, regardless of what their proclamation is, because by their fruit you will know the tree that they are. All right, before we get to Leviticus 21, I wanted to remind you guys, Pure Talk USA, Christmas is coming up. The budgets are already tight. People are living paycheck to paycheck. I think the last I read was 70% or paycheck to paycheck right now. So do what my wife and I did and hundreds of thousands of other people and families. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We said, you know what? We're going to save money on our cell phone bills without losing any services, without buying any equipment, switching phone numbers, by simply going to this company, GetPureTalk.com. GetPureTalk.com. You'll hear this advertised on Sean Hannity and Clay and Buck and some other national hosts. I've been blessed to be able to represent this company because I was contacted by the CEO directly that was the Lord's doing, I believe. And I share with him that I've been with the company for a couple of years as a customer and I love their services and this is why. I was with AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile over about a 15 to 20 year period and I couldn't stand the pricing, the bills. I couldn't really understand the bills. Everything was inconsistent. So if you're with AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, or Sprint, You're simply paying way too much for your cell phone service. Probably locked into, you've been locked into contracts. Hopefully you're out of them because now you can head over to getpuretalk.com, choose a plan that's right for you, and guess what? Once you switch over to Pure Talk, you're going to be on the same 5G network you're on with the major carrier. Technology allows you to stay on the same network, same tower, but get but pay pure talk instead of the big carriers who support causes you don't agree with and they offer the customer service so it's a win 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 when you go to getpuretalk.com you choose a plan that's right for you if you want to keep your phone and phone numbers all you do is order the free sim cards on the homepage for the phones when you check out you put in a promo code three letters f l s for liberty's sake is what that stands for fls that'll give you 50 percent off your pure, first pure talk bill which is already going to be about 50 percent of what you've been paying the major carriers and guess what they don't charge you if you go over on your data once you switch so your bill would be the same every month 
My bill's $47 a month for two iPhones on the plans. And it's the same every month, even if I go over my data, because they don't charge for the over data fees like T-Mobile used to do to me, which is why I left them in the first place. Their customer service is U.S.-based in Atlanta, Georgia area. CEO is a U.S. veteran. So it's, it's that simple. The average family is saving about $1,000 a year. And in these economic times, it's a great way to save money and to stop supporting companies that disagree with your Christian principles. Again, head over to GetPureTalk.com. Choose a plan that's right for you. If you want to keep your phone and phone numbers, order the free SIM cards at checkout, put in the promo code FLS, 50% off your first month, which makes that first bill very, very low. And then after that, every month, you just pay that low monthly fee fixed because there's no overcharges. And then you have next about $900 to $1,000 a year or more in your pocket at the end of the year because you didn't give it to the major carriers. Again, you're going to be on the same 5G network after you switch. You're going to be on the same main tower as the major carrier, but for about half the cost. Can't go wrong. You can also support our podcast over here by going to GetPureTalk.com. Promo code FLS. Okay, Leviticus 21 now. We're marching our way through the Bible. Last time we were going over the priest. We're going over the rules for the priest. And now we're going to get to how, how do they deal with how they deal with like the diseases and the things that actually happen now that they've been given the instructions on what's expected of them. Now God is going to tell Moses to tell Aaron and his sons, what do you do with respect to the sacred offerings when the Israelites bring them? so that they don't profane God's name. So if the sacrifices come and then the offerings come and they've got issues which, which make them unclean, what do you do now, priest, that I've given you all the instructions on how to be the priest? What do you do now to make sure that the Israelites don't defame or profane me? Because God is holy and he will hold people accountable if they were to do that. So the Lord said to Moses in verse 1, tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me so they will not profane my holy name. I am Yahweh. Say to them, for the generations to come, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean and yet comes near the sacred offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person must be cut off from my presence. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. Remember, this is, this is for Aaron and his sons. If a descendant of Aaron has a defiling skin disease or a body discharge, he may not eat the sacred offerings until he is cleansed. Remember, if you go back, the priest, except for the burnt offerings, when they would sacrifice animals, sin offerings, and the various offerings, they would get to keep some of the meat and the grain and the flour. 
So they got a portion of the sacrifice, and that was their that was their their wages for being priests for the Lord. So he says, "Hey, hey, Aaron, if any of your descendants have diseases, body discharges, they they're not allowed to eat those sacred offerings until they've been cleansed." He will also be unclean if he touches something defiled by a corpse or by anyone who has an emission of semen or if he touches any crawling thing that makes him unclean or any person who makes him unclean, whatever the uncleanness may be. This might sound familiar when you think about the Samaritan. Remember, he helped the guy that was beaten and left for dead. The Good Samaritan, we, we, the story is called. If you remember in the story, a Levite, a priest came by and saw the man possibly dead or dying on the road, and he walked right by, and you're like, why? Well, because the law, read literally without grace, without love, said you the, that a priest in the line of Levite can't touch a corpse or someone who has skin diseases and stuff. That's why they would stay away from lepers. But God brought the Samaritan who was kind of a half Gentile, half Jew, living up in the mountains to take care of the man. Because grace trumps everything. But back to, back in this period during the law, God was telling Aaron and tell his descendants, okay, so the, you guys can't touch a dead person or people that are unclean because the one who touches any such thing will be unclean until evening. He, may, he must not eat of the sacred offerings unless he has bathed himself with water. When the sun goes down, he will be clean. After that, he may eat the sacred offerings where they are his food. He must not eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals and so become unclean through it, I am the Lord. And the priests are to perform my service in a way, in such a way that they do not become guilty and die for treating it with contempt. I am the Lord who makes them holy. Remember Nadab and Abihu? They, they decided to do it their way with strange fire, putting incense on when they weren't supposed to, and they died for doing that. So it's a, it's a serious thing to go against the instructions and to defy the holiness and, and to defame and profane the holiness and a holy God. Verse 10, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings, nor may the guest of a priest or his hired worker eat. But if a priest buys a slave with money, Remember back then, a lot of the slaves, and there were a lot of them, were purchased because the people sold themselves or, unfortunately, their family into slavery because they couldn't repay debt. So if a priest buys a slave with money and if, or if slaves are born in a household, in his household, they may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries anyone other than a priest, she may, she may not eat of the sacred contributions, but if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or is divorced, yet has no children, and she returns to live in her father's household as in her youth, she may eat of her father's food. No authorized person may eat, may eat it. 
Anyone who eats a sacred offering by mistake must make restitution for the priest to the priest for the offering and add a fifth of the value to it. The priest must not desecrate the sacred offerings the Israelites present to the Lord by allowing them to eat the sacred offerings and to so bring upon them guilt requiring payment. I'm the Lord who makes them holy. Okay, so this is how the this is how the priest has to deal with people that have different issues to make sure that they are not eating the sacred food from the sacrifices when they are actually defiled for a period of time. Again, this is because of God's holiness and because God demands it because he is Lord. May not make sense to us, but it, it makes sense in the economy in the system, the sacrificial system that God put in place. So verse 17, we're going to deal with unacceptable sacrifices. The Lord said to Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites and say to them, if any of you, whether an Israelite or a foreigner residing in Israel, presents a gift to, for a burnt offering to the Lord, either to fulfill a, a vow or a free will offering, you must present a male without defect from the cattle, sheep, or goats in order that it may be accepted on your behalf. Do not bring anything with the defect because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When anyone brings from the herd or flock a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow as a free will offering, it must be without a defect or blemish to be acceptable. Do not offer to the Lord the blind, the injured, the maimed, or anything with warts or festering or running sores. Do not place any of these on the altar as a food offering presented to the Lord. You may, however, present as a free will offering an ox or a sheep or that is deformed or stunted, but it will not be accepted in fulfillment of a vow. So they can still offer it free will just to say, God, I love you, but it's not going to fulfill a vow that they made that they're trying to fulfill or to complete. You must not offer to the Lord an animal. Bruised, crushed, torn, cut out, even the, the testicles of the animal, you must, you must not do this in your land. You must not accept such animals from the hand of a foreigner and offer them as food to your God. They will not be accepted on your behalf because they are deformed and have defects. Verse 26, the Lord said to Moses, when a calf or a lamb or a goat is born, it is to remain with its mother for seven days. On the, on the eighth day, it will be acceptable as a food offering presented to the Lord. Do not slaughter a cow or sheep and its young on the same day. When you sacrifice a thank offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It must be eaten the same day. Leave none of it till morning. I am the Lord. Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I must be. I am the Lord who made you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh. Details, right? They're so... So many details, and God has more than that's even written. There's, he, he's just, there's things that he wants them to, that they can do and must do and will do to keep the understanding inside the nation of Israel at the time, keep reminding them. 
that they are accountable to holiness and that God had already thought everything out because God created all things. And their responsibility to Yahweh, to their God, because they run a theocracy, a, a nation ran, run by God, no king at the time, do these things and you'll live long, long lives. And the, the nations around you will will see that you have been set apart and will will get and I will get the glory for being the only one true God. But if you don't, then you will misrepresent me to the nations that are looking in and to the people inside the camp there will be a wrong understanding that sin is permitted and I will execute judgment on those who do that because I am holy. And like you said in verse 31, you keep my commandments and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name. For I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy, who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am Lord. I am Yahweh. I am everything. I am to be honored and you will do it. It's the same God that we get to enter into his presence now because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, I'm here. Help me. The, the, the overwhelming, the, the act of the cross, what it accomplished, it's, it's mind-boggling to, to, a human, to a human body in flesh to humans walking around. But it took God, man, the God man, Jesus Christ, the son of God, to be able to once and for all to cover all sin, to cancel the debt for those who are called and who would believe. The sinless lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And what I'm seeing in the church and people that are, have fallen away or, or mocking the church is this overarching idea that they can do anything with their, they can go on TikTok and say anything. They can, they can come up with these ideas and they think that their ideas are good and, and it's going to accomplish something. But in the end, God's going to hold every person accountable for every word they've said. God is going because he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart because the word of God is active and because the Holy Spirit is confirming that he's real through general revelation. No one is without excuse. Everybody's guilty. It's only those in Jesus Christ who have been justified and our sins have been forgiven because in ourselves we are guilty, but in Christ we have been set free and we are not guilty. When, we go, when we're going through Leviticus and these books, just keep that in mind, the, the, the regulations and the responsibilities and all of, these, all of these actions that had to take place and all these areas where people could make mistake and it could be eternally damning to not make much of God. 
because he said, I made you holy. I'm a, my holiness by being in Israel and being part of my set-apart nation makes you sanctified and set apart. And you will, you will acknowledge me and you will do what I say. But because they did not have Christ, they were then, through their sacrifices, trying to be right before God. And because we have been saved by grace, we then should be the most content of all people, not grumbling, not upset, not depressed, but worship, be worshipers of the one who has set us free. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, oh man, pray for our nation. Pray for, you know, people that God's going to around you and, and uh, that the Lord would open your eyes even more and make you aware of the things he wants you to do because the times are dark. But there's enough of us around that are lights in this world and his Holy Spirit's still working that we are still... We are still the cities on a hill, and we can still make much of Christ, and he can draw people unto himself. So be encouraged, be uplifted, and be in love with your Lord. Take care of your... Bye-bye.